0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Green and Black the Kaleo Sports Desk podcast. And today we'll be diving into the Hawaii UCLA game. Let's get into it. All right, so their first game of the season, week zero. I'm not going to sugarcoat it; they got crushed, 44 to 10, by the Bruins. I just want to get you know your initial thoughts, Reese.
1: Um, there was not much to say. I mean, it was a very dominant performance by the Bruins, and I, it seemed like. They kind of just exposed all of Hawaii's weaknesses. Like they took advantage of they, they pounded the ball. Their defense showed up, and then even on the special teams, they took advantage of Hawaii's mistakes. And you know, and then Hawaii made it great, some great adjustments at the half, I thought. But by then it was it was already what like thirty-one to three. So I'm not really sure. I think the deficit was just too big for them to come back from.
0: Yeah, I think a really big point of this game had been the running for both teams because Zach Charbonnet from UCLA absolutely killed the Bows. And uh, on the flip side, Hawaii couldn't get anything running, couldn't get anything going. Their leading rusher was Day-Day Hunter, had seven attempts, only 20 yards on those attempts.
1: I don't, I'm not really sure what you can add. It, it was just terrible. I mean, I think I, said, I saw like a quote that said, Todd Grant was embarrassed or something. He was he wasn't happy with how his team performed on Saturday.
0: You know, yeah. All three phases of the game just were absolutely shattered. Their run defense was gashed. Cordero looked uncomfortable out there, and they couldn't get anything going on in the running game. And like you said, yeah, Matthew Shipley on that first point of the game, they have to keep their knee up. You can't let the UCLA defense on the door like that. I will say though, the Hawaii pass defense. Did stand up very well in that first drive. Cause they gave it on what, like the fifteen yard line or something. And right, they yeah. still held up. They they bent, but they didn't break. They only gave up three points on that. And I thought that was something indicative. Sure, the run defense got just absolutely destroyed. I, mean, I think the one of the bright spots was the pass defense. I thought they held up
1: Yeah, their their defense, I mean, they they held Thompson Robinson. UCLA's quarterback to, like, 130 yards. I know he doesn't throw a lot anyway. Like, there was – maybe, like – it was just – I can't even – that passing defense was great, but the run defense, it just – it just totally countered what the passing defense did. It obviously did. But, you know, it's
0: a bright spot. I mean, DTR had – I'm looking at it right now on ESPN – he had a 41.8 QBR in that game. Though I will say, the shocking thing is, that's the highest QBR out of any QB in the game.
1: It's hard to look at the numbers. I mean, he didn't have to be the guy who needs to throw 300 yards passing, especially when that run game was just, it was so strong. He didn't need to be, like, the, the elite Dorian Thompson Robinson.
0: Speaking of the guy, Shevin Codero, 25 for 47, 220 yards, one touchdown. But the kicker, two interceptions. I'm, I'm assuming you saw both interceptions, right? What, what did you think?
1: Well, you know, I kind of, I mean, the interceptions were, yeah, they're not great, but they were kind of on like these tough luck sort of things. Like the first one was on like a tight end screen and he was getting pressured from that. And then the second one was just, it was, it was, maybe it wasn't the greatest throw, but then it got popped up into the air and it just made it easier to get the pick off of that. But, you know, I think it, I saw all this stuff on Twitter where they were slandering him, and you know I just want to, I you know he did the best he could because his, his his offensive line they they were not as good as they should have been today. They they got it they couldn't pick up where the blitz was coming from in the first quarter, and their tackles like Ill Manning and Gene Pryor they they struggled against the rush the edge rushers for UCLA, and you know. Guerrero had like no time to let the play develop and you know when he did his receivers had they had his they had a couple drops too so you it's just it's just tough
0: pass. That first interception really got me because after all it was a screen I think you have to be prepared for that pressure in your face and he threw it right to the defensive player like if you're gonna throw at least throw it at the feet if you're tight end if you're not gonna make it he shouldn't okay. try to force that in there.
1: That's a good point. You have you have to play smart, but it's easy to um, you know sit here and play a, not necessarily Monday morning quarterback, but I guess technically Sunday quarterback. And, you know, we can judge how he played it and all that. But, you know, it's just it was just a rough game for the whole team in general.
0: I think we've done enough sandbagging on this team. Let's try to look for some bright points. You know, we, we kind of talked about the past defense. They looked pretty good. Uh, one player on the defensive side i did want to highlight is uh jonah laulu he had a breakout game five tackles two sacks one on dorian thompson robinson and the other one on their backup quarterback you know on a day highlighted by terrible run defense and
1: for sure i mean he, he was probably like you know in his sacks you know mua had 10 tackles and Everybody was granted one of the sacks was kind of towards garbage time and you know he didn't he wasn't celebrating that one too much, but you know, sack's a sack. It looks good on your resume anyway. And we also want to talk about good. I I, I talked about it before, their halftime adjustments looked better. They were they looked a lot more poised and prepared, but in that second half compared to the first, but it still wasn't enough at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. In the first half, UCLA scored a total of 31 points in the second half, only 13. So, if you take the second half, I see that as honestly a really big win. Sure, they may have lost the game, but I think those adjustments will really help in the future because if you look at just the second half alone, it's only a 13 to 7 game. It's, it's only a 6-point game. You know, it's it may be irrelevant, but to me, I see it as a kind of moral victory.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I think one thing we have to notice is that it looked like UCLA. They, they threw in the – they didn't want to push it anymore, right? They went – they pulled Thompson-Robinson out with, like, 10 minutes to go in the third or something. And, you know, when you usually do that, that's that's usually the sign, right, that, you know, that's it. We're not going to push it as as far as, you know, that we did earlier. So, yeah, they did limit – it was only a 13-7 half. I guess there's still some positives they need to they can take away from saturday i gotta
0: get into this because like i said in our uh, debut episode i really love the tight ends caleb phillips had a touchdown it was a one yard touchdown off you know a small quick pass but touchdown's a touchdown only touchdown of the day too i'm really happy for the tight ends back in hawaii i thought he looked good in the game you know there definitely were some growing pains but i thought he Played pretty good.
1: He looked like he was going to be okay out there. I mean, he had what he only had like four yards receiving, like two receptions. He had the touchdown, like you said. And I think there was even one point where he drew a defensive holding call that ended up turning like a third down into a first or something. And yeah, he looked good, but he was the only tight end I saw that had production. Everything else from the receivers was everybody else who got received receptions were either receivers, running backs that sort of thing. I mean, we look what Jared smart only had one catch and it was a nine yard. That was kind of surprising. I mean, I only saw what Calvin Turner had, what five catches. It, it was just UCLA did their job and they did it really well.
0: Uh Something interesting I saw in the game was they spread the, they spread the rock around. They had 10 different receivers, all catch at least one pass uh combined for 20, uh, 243 yards. You know, obviously it's, been a terrible game never going to get past that but you know you you saw some good things like spraying the ball around i think that bodes well for their next game against portland state
1: i mean this was probably their toughest game on the schedule so far and or will be this season and you know there there's a lot they can take away from yes from saturday and there's a lot you can take away from saturday um you know maybe they find some maybe they plug up this the run defense or you know, they they pick up the blitzes more, or you know, anything. There was a lot you could pick up from the, from Saturday, for sure.
0: Well, before we get into the Portland State preview, I think this is going to be the running bit for the uh, for the season for our podcast. I know I asked you a little bit later this time, but uh, what's a song you think summarizes this game?
1: Uh, this game? Are we talking for like on the UH side or UCLA? Because because there were totally two different songs for depending on how it went for you.
0: You know, we are a Hawaii market, so I'd say go on the Hawaii side.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Probably, I can't say for sure. I'd probably go with maybe Carry On. I don't know which one, whether it's Fun or The Score or whatever. There's two of them, that's why. But they both kind of have the same, um, same, uh, what do you call it? same message? Message, yes. Just move on. It's it's one game. It's not going to define your entire season.
0: I want to know a little bit of a different route. I, I picked a song that could... I, I think it summarizes both sides really well. It's a newer song off... Um, it's going to be in the new movie, you know, Shang-Chi? Yeah. Uh, Run It by DJ Snake featuring Rich, Brian, and Rick Ross. I picked Run It because... This game was all defined by the run. UCLA, run, ran it, down the bow's throat. And Hawaii, conversely, couldn't run it. So I think that song is a really, really good descriptor of how this game went. Because the running, after all, was the key to this game.
1: Definitely. I mean, that's, that's probably going to be their key for the rest of the season. Because they've, they've, it's been shown that if you can pound the ball, against this Hawaii defense, you can pretty much get away. And that's something they gotta improve on. There's a lot of other things they can take away, but like we said, but yeah, the running game is totally, it's gonna be a big factor this season.
0: Going back to our uh, season preview, I gotta say this really scares me for the Wyoming game right now. If they gave up this much to a UCLA team, it scares me to see what'll happen to a Wyoming team that hails from a North Dakota State system, which ran the ball no matter what. Actually, they ran way more than they passed in the FCS. And you saw that again last season with Wyoming. So it it really scares me.
1: Yeah, for sure. The one good thing, though, I think, is that that game is at the end of the season. So there's a lot of time for them to improve, like we said. And it's still I think it's still going to be decently close, but we'll have to see as it goes down the line.
0: Now, like you said, the fun song, carry on. Let's carry on into next game's preview. We got Portland State, the FCS, and the Bows come home to Manoa for the first time ever to play on campus. I'm honestly super excited. I can't wait to go to that game.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun for sure. I mean, it probably would have been more fun with fans, but, you know, COVID is it's it's big right now and that has to be a bigger priority. So but yeah that's that's gotta that one's gotta be a must-win for Hawaii. You cannot lose to an FCS team on your own turf.
0: I'd say for morale, it's much more than you just need to win. I think you need to win big. Because you just lost big to a power five school. Now I think as a group of five school, you gotta come into your house. And you're playing a D2 team. You're supposed to be better than them. I think the Bows, for a moral victory, they will need a big win. They'll need a 44-10. Just like what happened to them. They'll need something big like that to really um, boost their
1: morale. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the one thing I I I saw that from Saturday was that, like you said, the passing defense was great and that's kind of what Portland State's all about, right? They have, what, Davis Alexander. He's supposed to be, like, one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in the FCS. And, you know, their wide receiver core is... They have a lot more depth. And, you know, and then, like, Portland State's defense was, you know, they also have to step up. And, you know, they're supposed to make a decent amount of improvements. And, you know, that'll be interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, something they're something I think is a key to the game is probably going to be who they play at the QB spy, because like you said, Davis Alexander is one of the best FCS dual threat quarterbacks. He was there aside from Sergio Coffin, uh, who left last season, uh, their, their top rusher left last season. Davis Alexander is their leading returning rusher. So he is a threat to be reckoned with on the ground. They're definitely going to need someone athletic who can track that quarterback down. I honestly think that Hawaii's going to be able to lock up that offense though because Davis Alexander's also their leading rusher. I don't know who's going to step up in that running back game. So as long as Hawaii shuts them down in the fast game, I think they'll be fine.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um there there's a lot of athleticism on this Hawaii defense, so they might be able to shut down him Alexander on the when he's scrambling too, so it's, it's going to be an interesting thing. I, one thing I saw is that right Todd Graham's 9 and0 against the FCS and you know he his, his, his defenses hold those team those nine teams or they held those nine teams to under 15 points per game so and you know his offenses tend to explode too so you know we'll see is this going to be a blowout will it be close you know that's something that we have to look for on Saturday.
0: Well I know I'll definitely be looking for it. From the press box on Saturday, I cannot wait to be in this in the in the stadium for that game. It's gonna be a real blast.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: They may not have fans this semester, but I know for sure. I know I'm a journalist and I'm supposed to be impartial, but they'll have at least one fan in the stands.
1: That's that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, everybody wants everybody here wants to do good, but it, it is tough to remain impartial. So
0: it definitely is. Well, we recap the UCLA game. We moved on. We previewed the Portland State game. I think I think we're good. Do you have any final thoughts?
1: Um, I guess maybe what do you what do you, do you, do you, you something you talked about is like is there anything you wanted to see imp- be improved before Saturday's game or?
0: Um, you know, we've been pounding the table for this all all episode. The run defense has to be better for sure. Uh, I do want to see. Cordero and the offense look a little bit more coordinated. I thought that was a really – I didn't like that interception. Yeah, I get it. He was under pressure. It was a – but it, it was a screen pass. You, you got to play smarter, I think. I know I. it's coming from a guy who's never played football in his life, but looking at it on tape, you you have to play smarter. Another thing, um, the receivers got to clean up the drops. It's Division One college football; you can't be doing that kind of thing. I, I think they also have to be a little bit more efficient in the red zone. Yeah, they had that one touchdown, but you know, one touchdown is usually never enough.
1: Yeah, definitely. And speaking about in the red zone, they were, you Were you Were you watching? Did you see that they they were in the they were on like the nine yard line at one point and ended up being a turnover on downs and that there was this the fourth and goal play there was a rollout by Cordero and I, I don't know I I'm not really a big fan of those I mean you cut the field down in half pretty much and you know it was it ended up not working out so but yeah one one other thing I want to add is I think I want to see a little more pre-snap adjustments like that that offensive line. Would, completely lost they they couldn't pick up where the blitz was coming from like i said and you know that's something that your quarterback has to help you out with a little bit and i didn't i didn't see a lot of pre-snap adjustments maybe there were and i just didn't see it but that's something that i want to look at i mean they kept sending out the running back and out of the backfield and into out wide pretty much and they were getting these blitzes and there's nobody else in the backfield to protect so That's something that I want to look out for.
0: All right. Looks like that'll wrap it up for the second episode of the Green and Black. We'll be back next week where we'll be recapping the Portland State game and previewing the Oregon State game. For Bodhi Osamoto and my editor, Reese, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.